The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. It's clear that once the Holy Spirit touches us, and once we touch Jesus, we will never be the same. Everything changes. I want to share with you again a scripture out of the fifth chapter of the book of Acts. Peter and the other apostles reply. This is Acts 5, verse 29. 
we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance or removal and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. All men are called to repent. All men, women, and children are called to repent. I want to share with you a list of top ten reasons why many do not choose to repent today. Every excuse for sin is a condemnation of our Father who art in heaven. It is blaming God. How can we expect that our sins will ever be removed and we will ever be made whole if in our hearts we condemn God for our fear, we condemn our parents for the way they raised us, It was Abraham Lincoln who said that by the time a man reaches the age of 40, he is responsible for his own face. I'd suggest it's much sooner than that. I believe it's at the age of accountability. We become accountable before God with his healing there for us to be poured out for us. Let me go through these 10 top reasons that I find constantly as I speak with people for why they choose not to repent. Number one, inability to repent. Pastor, I just can't repent. I don't know how to repent. And I get down and I try to pray and my prayers bounce off the roof. Well, when we repent, we come before the Lord. We confess exactly what we have done, what we have thought, what we have said. Some of you have stolen things. You've shoplifted. Some of you have stolen from other people. Even as a child, you began to steal. And you're still doing it. And you say, I can't break it, so why repent? It's impossible for me to repent. Wrong. It is given to all men, women, and children to repent. Some of you have stolen things from work. Some of you have stolen tools from work. Some of you have stolen pens and paper and office supplies, thinking they'll never know the difference, and besides, I'm working at home. They'll never know. Inability to repent, first of all, just simply admitting what you have done. And the second part of repentance is, 
is radically turning to the Lord God of heaven, both in confession and turning from that wickedness. The number two reason, I don't have the time, Pastor. If I ever started repenting, it would take me a day or two or longer. It would take me a week. I've done so much wrong in my life. How could I ever begin to go through all of this? Without repentance, there will be no forgiveness. And you will face the judge on that day. The excuse, I don't have time, is a lie. And it's a condemnation of our Father who art in heaven. You have as much time as any other person has. And you're in charge of deciding how you will use that time. Are you going to sit for hours before the television looking at what you consider to be good, like the History Channel? Are you going to be sitting for hours in front of your computer screen looking at videos? Are you going to be spending hours doing some craft or some hobby? You have time to repent. Number three. Pastor, I have a sinful nature. It's just who I am. It's how I was born. I'll always have a sinful nature. Now, God is just going to have to accept me the way I am because I can't stop sinning. So what's the use? I repent one time, and and that's it. God has me covered. I'm good to go. He doesn't expect me to turn away from my sin. It's impossible. I have a, a sinful nature. That, again, is a condemnation of our Father who art in heaven. The mighty power of the blood of Jesus is here to remove that old sinful nature from you. But it will require turning and repentance and saying, Lord, I don't want this in my life anymore. I don't want to walk in this anymore. I hate it. Some of you will love your sinful nature, and you're going to have to confess, Lord, I love my sinful nature. I love who I am. This defines me. But Lord, if it means I'm going to go to hell if I don't get rid of it, okay, please remove it from me, and I'm going to turn away from it. Number four, now isn't the time for me to repent. The Lord has not told me to repent. So I'm waiting on God's timing. When God's ready for me to repent, he'll convict me of my sin. Wrong. Hebrews 3 and 4, read it carefully. Today is yet the day of salvation. Now is the time of repentance. You don't have tomorrow promised to you. You may pass in the night. I just heard about a a young man, 32 years old, with a wife. When they woke up, when she woke up in the morning, she found him beside her dead. 
They don't know what happened. An autopsy is being done. Tomorrow is not promised. You cannot await a better time than right now to begin to repent and get right with Jesus. Now, many of you, I know, are dwelling in the twilight zone. You're not walking in the light of Jesus because you still are weighed down with sins. You still are sexually unclean. You are still in the habit of lying. You're still in the habit of stealing. You're still in the habit of procrastinating. You're still in the habit of judging others. You're still in the habit of gossip. You're still in the habit of of lusting after money. Money is everything to you. I have a neighbor who lives next door to me in this townhouse community. He speaks with everyone about his money strategies and invites everyone to sign up and be a part of his multi-million dollar winning strategy. And he is very wealthy and getting much more wealthy. That wealth will not save him from hell. It will be gone. And he will suffer for eternity because he worships at the idol of the almighty dollar. No, today is the day of salvation. And you cannot say, I have a sinful nature, therefore I cannot repent. You can't wait on God's time. God's time is right now. You say, and this is number five, Pastor, you don't understand. I have... I have special circumstances. I'm caught in a web of deceit. I'm caught in a web of uncleanness. I'm caught in a web that if I ever began to repent and confess, my wife would leave me or my husband would leave me or I would go to jail because I've committed so many crimes. There are no special circumstances that could possibly prevent you from getting right with God. He expects you to repent. And if you repent, he will forgive you. That is, he will remove that sin from your heart and from your life. And you will enter into his peace and into his joy Number six, Pastor, you don't understand. I have poor health. It's hard for me to even concentrate. The pain in my body is so great. I recognize that. I've had to deal many times with people in immense pain, living day after day in great pain. That great pain should drive you to the knee with Jesus that great anguish of your body should be a sure sign to you that you must run to Jesus and repent 
and get clean of your sin and ask him to heal you. The scriptures say, by his stripes we are healed. He is the healer, not the doctor. I'm not against doctors, but they're not the healers. Jesus is the healer. Number seven. Pastor, my heart is so hard. I've committed the, the unpardonable sin. I have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. My heart is hard. I can't repent. If you have even a sense of discomfort over your sin, it is because the Holy Spirit is still calling you and is still working in your heart. And in that place, you can repent. And your hard heart will be softened. Over here in Ezekiel, let me read it for you again. Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, verse 30. Therefore, O house of Israel, therefore, O American church, I will judge you, each one according to his ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent. Turn away from all of your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Why will you die, O American church? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Repent and live. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you've committed. You need to get a sheet of paper and sit down with the Lord and say, Lord, now I'm going to make a list of all of my sins and do a very careful inventory of your life and write down every sin you can remember having ever committed against the Almighty God or against your brother or sister, your parents or your friends, workmates, bosses. Write those sins down and then go before the Lord and begin to honestly confess those sins one by one. Deal with them each one at a time. General repentance is no repentance. Oh, Lord, forgive me for my sins. No, that's not how God works. If you want forgiveness, removal of the sin from your heart, then you're going to have to identify it one by one, making restitution. That is, if you owe money, if you have stolen money, then you need to repay that money. And believe me, when you cry out to the Lord and you repent, and you ask the Lord to give you the grace to make that restitution, he will give you that grace. A man was homeless. And he used to go into the Safeway. And he would slip stakes into his shirt. 
when he became a Christian. He had to add up as many stakes as he thought he had stolen and figure out their value. And then he said to me, Pastor, they may call the police and they may put me in jail for shoplifting, but I have to do this. I have to make right what I have done. I will have no peace with Jesus until I have made peace with the people I have stolen from. He went to the Safeway. He asked for the manager. And no sooner had asked for the manager than a whole line formed behind him and people came around. He was embarrassed. But he blurted out his story of being homeless and shoplifting. And he said, Please forgive me. I've come back today to make restitution. And he laid a hundred-dollar bill on the counter. And the manager was embarrassed, didn't know what to say. He said, forget about it, forget about it, forget about it. And pushed the hundred-dollar bill back at him. He said, no, sir. I can't forget about it because Jesus won't forget about it. So I've come to pay restitution. So, sir, whatever you need to do with that $100 bill, and if you need my name and address, I'll be happy to give that to you. If you need to have me arrested and put in jail, it's all right. I am truly sorry, and I repent. And he pushed the $100 bill back, and he said, Sir, I repent of my sin. And he turned and walked out of the store, and he was clean. He was forgiven. He knew God had heard his prayer. He knew it was over. He would never shoplift again. And by God's grace, he never has. He is a man of absolute integrity today. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. A new heart and a new spirit are things you have to go and get. And how do you go and get them? By repenting, by laying out before the Lord and before anyone else you need to repent to exactly what you have done and what you have said and how you have acted and make restitution for those things. Why will you die? This is a life-and-death matter. You cannot just sweep it under the rug and say, well, the past is the past. No, it's not. In God's eye, it's written in the book of heaven. It is recorded against you. You must repent. You must get things right. If you want the peace of God to rule in your heart, you must get right. Now, I want to tell you what. This was not the topic for today. But as I spent this morning in prayer, it was very clear. The Lord was saying, I'm going to send people to listen to this broadcast today who must repent if they're going to enter into salvation. There is no such thing as cheap grace. So I know... The Lord is moving right now in your heart. 
And there are things you need to make restitution for. There are things you need to admit to. There are things you need to set right with parents. You may have done things when you were teenagers that were utterly wrong. You may have been sneaking out of the house. You may have been going to field parties. You may have been doing drugs and hanging with the worldly people and saying and doing things that were utterly wrong. That all must be confessed. You must deal with it. Or you will have no peace with Jesus. He only deals with a clean sweep. If the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart, then you must do it. He said, I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. What I'm talking about today is a life and death matter. If you are unwilling to take full responsibility for your actions, you cannot repent. Repentance involves, first of all, taking full responsibility for how you operate, for your ways. And some of you are very slick. You'll slide right through. You'll pretend to be very righteous, but underneath that righteousness, there's arrogance and pride. And the thought of repenting just causes you to go apoplectic. You don't know how you could possibly survive. What would people think of you? No, it doesn't matter what people will think of you. It only matters what Jesus will think of you. People are not your saviors. It doesn't matter what they're going to think about you. It doesn't matter if they're going to lose all respect for you. It only matters what Jesus thinks about you. And he wants to make you a new creature. He wants to make you into a, a person filled with his Holy Spirit. He wants to give you his peace and his joy in your heart. And if when you go to pray, something rises up before you in your heart, know that's the Holy Spirit and know it has to be dealt with. Now, we can have a guilty conscience, and it's not the Holy Spirit. I want to say that again. We can have a guilty conscience, and it's not the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a, fault, it's a false guilt. It's based on what other people have told us or accused us of. True guilt comes out of coming before a holy God and fully opening our heart to him and confessing what we have said and what we have done, and we ask the Lord to judge that and by his Holy Spirit to show us clearly what action we need to take with regard to that, to those words, to those actions, Now, please, number eight, 
ignorance. One lady said to me, Pastor, I don't need to repent. I don't have any sin. Well, I'm very sympathetic to that position because there was a time in my life when I could not identify any sin that was in my life or my heart. I was that dead in the spirit. When you don't know what your sin is, it's an evidence that you have not been reading the scriptures. If you want to deal with your sin, make a pledge right now that you will read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, on your knees before God every night before going to bed. And I will guarantee you that your heart will be deeply convicted of many sins. It is in the reading of the Word that the Holy Spirit can speak to us. And the Sermon on the Mount was the outline that Jesus gave to us, replacing, in a sense, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments will always stand as God's character. I'm not one who believes that the Ten Commandments have done away with. Righteous people don't live under the Ten Commandments. They live under the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. But they don't violate the Ten Commandments. But the Sermon on the Mount is a very clear depiction of what real sin is. If you're angry with your brother, you've already murdered him. If you look lustfully at a woman, you have already committed adultery. This goes right to the heart of the issue. So I challenge you, if you are under this eighth excuse for not repenting, you don't think you need to repent, you're ignorant, you don't know your real condition before God, then let the Holy Spirit change that by quietly, prayerfully reading the Sermon on the Mount, reading First John, the entire chapter. It's a very short book. Read James, the Epistle James, and then tell me you don't know of any sin in your heart. Now, number number 10. I lack faith. Pastor, will you pray that I will have faith? No, every person is given a measure of faith. And it's not my faith that I need. It's God's faith. It's Jesus' faith that I need. So if you say to me, Pastor, I, I lack faith then ask, and it will be given to you. See, the bottom line we make our sin God's responsibility. By the way, that was number nine. And number ten is lack of faith. See, we claim not to understand these things. 
we push it off on God. We say it's his responsibility. It's not my responsibility. It's God's. No, it's my responsibility. I'm the one who has sinned against God. I am not going to be lost or punished for Adam's sin. If I am to be punished, if I am to be lost and sent to hell, it will be solely because of my sin. It will be because of my ways and my choices. It will not be my mother or my father, my brother or my sister. It's that old song, it's me, it's me, it's me. Not my brother, not my mother, not my father. It's me standing in the need of prayer. I'm responsible for my own life. Before God, for eternity, I'm responsible for my actions. And I will be held accountable on that great day of judgment for what I have done and what I have said. And there will be no skating through under some supposed blanket of grace that's supposed to cover me and make me okay to go into heaven. No, there is no blanket of grace for you. In the old covenant, there was a blanket of grace. Men and women were declared righteous because Jesus had not yet died on Calvary. The sins of the Old Testament were not wiped out. They were not forgiven until Jesus died on Calvary. The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away your sin. The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away your sin. Some offering, even the Day of Atonement offering, all it can do is cause God to cover over your sin. But it cannot remove your sin. Only the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus can remove your sin. So in the New Covenant, I stand responsible before God for my actions and my behavior. All is carefully recorded. Now the question is, I've gone through the 10 most common reasons for why people will not repent. You may have your own reason, separate from any that I have shared. But I want to tell you, there is no There is no excuse for not repenting and turning from my sin and being made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Being regenerated. You see, in the scriptures it says he forgives us our sin. That's not a good translation. Because to be forgiven is simply a legal term. It is writing off the debt. but you're not regenerated. You're not made new. If I owe you $1,000 and you say, well, pastor, I forgive you for that $1,000. Okay, I don't owe you the $1,000 anymore, but I can go borrow $1,000 from somebody else and do the same thing all over again. I'm not changed. 
It takes more than forgiveness to change. It takes the blood of Jesus to remove from me the sin. The sin must be removed. Aphemy is the Greek word that we translate usually as forgive. But it must be taken away. There must be something created that is new and beautiful and wonderful. That's what Jesus will do for you. But you have to take your courage. And you must now let the Holy Spirit begin to move in your heart. Will you do that now? Will you agree with me now that you will make a list of all the sins you can recall? Will you agree with me now that you will utterly leave all sin and you will make restitution for that sin as best you can? You will turn away from it. Right now, will you decide you will turn away from that sin and no longer walk in that? Will you allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you and set you free, healing the wounds that the devil has brought into your heart? Will you choose now to leave the bitterness of your heart? Will you choose now to leave? How do I put it? Will you choose now to leave the way you have walked in that has almost destroyed your life? Will you turn now to Jesus and say, Jesus, I will not walk in this fear. I will not walk in this depression. I will not walk in this guilt. I am now confessing to you everything that is in my heart. I will, Jesus, now, right now, open my heart to you. And I ask Jesus that you would come in your mighty power, by your blood, and search my heart and search my life and uncover every unclean thing, every unclean thought, every unclean and wicked action. Lord, remove this from my heart and from my life. Have you mistreated people? Judged them? criticized them, gossiped about them. Lord, I right now come and just open my heart to you. And I'm not going to turn aside for any reason. I'm going to walk clean before you. Now Stephen said to these Jewish Sadducees and Pharisees and rulers, you stiff-necked people, with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You're just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. 
Do you know that if you walk in sin and arrogance before God, you are participating in the murder of Jesus? You are putting him afresh to the cross. You have not obeyed. So my question is, today, will you obey? See, the first thing you need to hear is not that Jesus loves you. The first word you need to hear from the gospel of Jesus is, you're a sinner and you're bound to hell. And you have no means of escaping that except coming in humility before me and repenting for your sin and turning away from it. There is no other name under heaven by which a man can be saved save the name of Jesus the Christ. Every other name is a false way that will take you to the same place, to the judgment bar of God. But at the judgment bar of God, only the blood of Jesus can wash you and say you are saved. And that washing must begin before you arrive there. It must be completed before you arrive at the judgment bar of God. Have you obeyed the word of the Lord to you today? I'm just hearing there are some of you in the valley of decision. You are weighing. And what you're weighing is, what would happen to me if I really confessed everything I've done wrong? What would happen to me if I if I turned against myself, my sin, and asked Jesus to wash it all away? What would... I, what kind of person would I be? Could I could I survive? Please hear me. There is joy, there is peace, there is life for that person who will turn in contrition before God and repent of their sin. He will make you into a new person. He will give you a new mind. The devil whispers, you belong to me. You cannot repent. This is foolishness. But the Holy Spirit says, you must repent. And you must make right what you have done no matter what the consequences are to you. Even if it means paying back large sums of money, or even if it means going to jail, you must make it right. Will you do that now? Will you agree with me right now that you will change? that you will get on your face before God. You will do the preparation work of writing out all of the sins. You will write out everyone you have hurt and done wrong to. Every person you've treated unfairly. 
know, a question that comes. Am I worthy? No. I'm not worthy and you're not worthy. But Jesus Christ is worthy. I am not worthy for the kingdom of God. I'm not worthy to enter the gates of heaven. I'm not worthy to be a pastor. I have no standing of my own. My entire standing is based on what Jesus Christ did at the cross, plus what he has done in my life as he has removed the sin from my life, washed me and made me clean. And I come to you today in the blessing of Jesus, washed and made clean by his blood. He has interceded with the Father on my behalf. And he has said, this is my son. I have washed him and made him clean. So I'm not worthy, but Jesus is worthy. And I put my trust, I put my trust in Jesus. And I will not turn back from this. We have just a few minutes left in this broadcast. If you're watching on YouTube and you know you need to repent, but you have not, maybe partial, but not a full repentance, will you go on that live chat and bear witness that you today have made a new decision that you will repent of all sin, you will make restitution, and you will get right with Jesus. And you who are listening on the radio, will you make that commitment as well? It's imperative that you do it right now while the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. If today you're making a decision to get right with Jesus, I want you to tell someone you've made that decision. You can tell us on the on the live chat line on YouTube, or you can tell someone, a brother or sister, but tell someone that you have decided to get right with Jesus and then pursue it with all energy until you are clean before God. Now, I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I know that there are men and women, children listening to this broadcast who are a long ways away from you, and they have many excuses and many reasons for why they are in the condition they're in. But Lord, today you have cut from under them the ground upon which they stood. And they now know it is their responsibility, it is their obligation to come before you in humility and to repent. They know it is their obligation, their duty, to go to 
every person they have sinned against and make it right with them. Lord, I ask that all pride would be cast down, that all bitterness of heart would be cast down, that all fear would be cast down. I ask Jesus now, by the mighty name that is above all names, your name, Jesus, Son of the living God, I ask that you would come in power to each person who is making the decision today to turn from their sin, to be made clean, to be washed in the blood. Lord, would you accomplish this? Now, I know this is the most difficult thing in the world for the religious, for those who have been a part of the church for years and their sin is all hidden. But, Lord, many of your churches have been cesspools of utter wickedness and hiddenness. And I'm asking today that you would come in mighty power and clean out every person who has been hiding their sin from you. Lord, they have chosen to listen to this broadcast today because you called them to listen. I'm asking, Lord, that they would put away all casualness, for their life hangs in the balance. It is heaven or hell. Lord, put such a sense of conviction and earnestness in their hearts that they cannot resist your Holy Spirit but must be made right. Lord, would you come in mighty power now for each of those precious people? Would you have your way, Jesus? I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, today I was supposed to be dealing with what happened in Samaria. We'll pick that up next Monday. Invite a friend to listen with you. Today was directed by the Holy Spirit. The topic was the Holy Spirit's. He did this for you. That you could be washed and made clean. Make certain in your heart that you have a finished work of God. And then wait upon the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost power. Now part of what we're going to find in Samaria, as Saul's persecution reached an apex of murder, destroying the church, we find that not everyone who responded to Philip as he preached, not everyone received the Holy Spirit. Some who were baptized could not receive the Holy Spirit because they had not done a full work of confession and repentance. There was still an uncleanness in their heart. We are incomplete as Christians without the Pentecost baptism. We are ineffective in our witness and in our ministry 
without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Monday, we're going to go down there. I invite you to be present. Tomorrow is a day of prayer. I invite you to call and pray. Cry out to the Lord. Even repent online for your sin. Get right with God. Well, we're almost out of time. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Thank you, the many of you who've been giving. We're still a long way away from being able to pay this month's radio bill, the month of April. Probably a little more than $2,000 short. I'm waiting for you. I'm trusting Jesus to move in your heart to tell you what to give. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. And you can give online, nationalprayerchapel.com. We have all of the videos there. We have the podcasts. We have many new things. Brother Ed has created a whole new webpage just for you. Go check it out. And please subscribe to this channel if you have not. If you listen on YouTube, please subscribe. Click the like button. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.